Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's San Francisco and the incomparable forward, Rick Barry. Behind the end line, they burn him again, and it's Barry. And now Rick Barry, the league's leading scorer. What a superb basketball player he is. <laughs> you know why I'm playing this, Rick? Do you know why I play that? <laughs> Congratulations, my man. NBA 75. You are Mr. America, sir. Congratulations. Yeah, ready to start this show. Thanks. Yeah, let's start now. Let's do it. Let's play. Let's go with it. So, so we have Mark Haynes here, but Rick, I know, I know you, you normally take the lead on the Rick Barry show, but I have to give you massive congratulations because you're so humble. Every time we chat about this, you're always, you always tell me you don't care. I, you know, if, if that's true, that's even more amazing to me, but congratulations, sir. It, it is an absolute honor to be a part of the 75th anniversary NBA team. The Hall of Famer himself, Rick Barry, you were part of such exclusive company, even though it's actually 76, which is kind of weird. We can talk about that. But um, congrats, my man. I don't know what else to say. You're, it's, you're, you're a legend. Well, thank you. Most importantly, thank Mark Haynes for joining us. He's with Clutch Points. And so, Mark, tell us a little bit about uh, Clutch Points and uh, what you guys are doing and uh, how you wound up there. <laughs> uh, first, first off, Rick, I have to throw congrats. Congrats your way as well, man. It's a, it's a privilege to be here speaking with you guys. And uh, congratulations on being named to the top 75 players of all time. And Amazing. Um, yeah, that, that's this is this is a privilege for me. So, um, yeah, I'm, re I'm really I'm really excited to, to talk with you guys. But uh, Clutch Points, uh, it's a sports media site. Um, and I'm I, this is my this is. I'm just, I'm still in my first year of covering the NBA. Uh, I started about halfway through the season covering the Warriors last year. I think I started in December and I'm, um, you know, I'm the beat reporter here and, um, you know, clutch points they they cover all things, sports, uh, basketball, football, you know, you name it. And, you know, any hot topic there, they're all over it, but I I'm doing, I specialize in basketball and, you know, I, Sure, that's what we're about to talk about today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're sure as hell not going to talk politics. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's your show, Rick. We could if you want. Yeah, no, I, I would ruin my day. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, time to take a quick break to talk to you about our longtime official sponsor, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever. Ever before, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Take note, Dub Nation. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, thanks for joining us. Really do appreciate it. So this, let's get your thoughts. I mean, you're following stuff. What, what are your thoughts on, on the Warriors from what you've seen so far this year? And obviously we know that they're not who they're going to be you know, come the beginning of the year, but I'd uh, love to hear what you think about them. Yeah, no, I think, I, I've, I've been saying this since uh, the offseason, once they got the team, you know, pretty much together, I, I thought the Golden State Warriors would be pretty good. And I'm not saying this from a, you know, fan, fan point of view, because they're actually not my favorite team, but it's not the point. But I think they're going to be a really good team. Uh, obviously, they're, they're, they still have a big weakness when it comes to uh, size. And, you know, James Wiseman is out right now. But as we've seen in, throughout the preseason and especially in uh, that Laker game, in the first game, you know, the 
teams can basically do what they will, you know, in the paint with the Warriors, even though they they have been doing a a good job collectively of of rebounding. But I don't know how long we could expect Stephen Curry to be averaging 10 rebounds a game. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, last night's game, he had 10 rebounds a game. But I think the big difference in that game was he only had one assist. And that's, that's not a good game for Steph. One assist for Steph, as much as he has the ball in his hands, that's just not the way that the that the Warriors, I think, will excel. He's got to have more than one assist in the game. But, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Cyrus and I have been talking about the size. That's a big question, Mark, without, without question. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, but they've done a good job. I mean, just the other day I was watching, looking at the stats, they were actually had more offensive rebounds than the Lakers in the exhibition game that they had. Right. So they're getting the job done. Um, you know, they, they got a game yesterday that they could have conceivably lost. I mean, the fact that they won on the road in both of those places with two good basketball teams, neither one at their best right now, let's face it. I mean, the Lakers are in such freaking disarray. It's, it's unbelievable. It's right. like, you got Westbrook is like a fish out of water. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so they're going to get their act together, I would assume. Uh, but then the big question mark with them, of course, is are they going to stay healthy with the guys that they have that, you know, looks like they're putting a team for the agent on there. Um, more older guys than than any team in the league. But mm-hmm. Kawhi out for the Clippers. But still, I mean, they let they let the Clippers back in the game. And then it's so easy to do, though. And that's the one point I think that and they got a lot of young players on the Warriors team. And this is what they have to learn. And this is what I've said so much, Mark, over the years. One of the most difficult things for a player to learn how to do is stay focused. It's so easy to lose your focus. It's so easy to feel, okay, we're in good shape. I mean, they had such a big lead on Clippers. Steph went out of his mind at the start of the game. And they just they just didn't play the same way. And they let a team in. And fortunately for them, they got off the hook because of Steph. I mean, the shot he made to put him ahead. I did, even my wife, she was watching this. Oh, my God, Steph, he's unbelievable. My wife's an All-American basketball player. Right? The only woman to have her jersey retired at her alma mater and ran women's basketball, knows the game. She says, I've never seen anybody shoot like that. And I said, honey, don't worry about it. Neither have I. And neither have anybody else. <laughs> I mean, he really is truly unbelievable. And, folks, it, 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 there's players, and I'm going to get your thoughts on this, Mark, that are, I think, the way you evaluate, they're worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. To me, Steph Curry is worth the price of admission to get to see this young man play the way that he plays the game. He's he's just a remarkable athlete. And what I love most about it is that he's having so much fun out there when he plays. He really has so much fun. So it's kind of cool. So your thoughts on how good can the Warriors be if what we talked about, Wiseman comes back and start and continues to improve. And if Clay is anywhere near what he used to be. So how good could they be? Well, I think I think they can make it for sure. I think they can make it to the conference finals. I think they can be that good. And I think they can actually, you know, obviously, like you said, the Lakers, they're this is not going to be the same team that we see down the road. They're gonna, they're gonna get better. They're gonna figure, you know, figure things out. I think they'll be really good. Then you got, you know, teams like Denver and and and, and Utah who who who's gonna be good this year. Uh, but if if you get Clay Thompson, like you said, anywhere close to what he used to be, you know, it's basically the same type of team they had when they were winning championships you know they never had a real dominant you know in the paint presence per per se and if Wiseman comes in and he kind of fills that void and kind of gives you you know some some more he has to give you more than what he gave last year obviously as a rookie or whatever and you know it looks like he put on a little weight or whatever but (laughs) yeah you know it's, it, it really lies in the hands of them and, and Clay Thompson and James Wiseman, in my opinion. Like, the, how, however they get inclimated into the into the team, and however they can, you know, impact the game, it's going to determine if they can get past that conference finals, you know, area. But I, I think I think I, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I think I would put some money on the Warriors making it to the conference finals. I'll put some money on them going to the finals. I mean, I, 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 to me, Utah, first of all, seems like the biggest threat at this point. The Clippers look good. Uh, Rick, I got so much to talk about after this game because I, I feel like it was a, it was a night and day game between the Lakers on the road and the Clippers at home. But first of all, Rick, did you notice your, you, you were on the t-shirts they gave out to all the fans there? I don't know who the bottom right person was on those t-shirts. I, but never, everyone saw, the, I never saw the t-shirts. 
I'll send you the pic. Uh, every fan at the home opener at Chase Center got this T-shirt. Mark, did you get one of those? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little salty about that because I, I wanted one because I was gonna show it. I was gonna show it to you right. guys on the show, on the show, but they didn't give none to the media. Media chairs oh. are just blank. Oh, so. Mark, I don't know how new you are to the media game. I've been doing this for for close to 25 years. If you see one of those shirts at an arena, just grab one. Do not let <laughs> just just take one, man. Just trust me. <laughs> it's I mean, for the amount of money I'm guessing you're get you and most other media members get paid. Just take one of those damn shirts and enjoy it. But Rick, you were you were yeah. They they had this shirt. It was an animation of some of the greatest Warriors players ever. I saw Wilt on there. Steph was on there. You're on there. I don't know who on the bottom right that was. I'm still puzzled well, by if that. You to, if you had the thing you could show me, I could probably tell you who it was. Oh, okay, I'll, te- I'll text it to you while we're uh, next time someone else talks. Uh, I'll definitely show it to you. But for, I guess first things first, um, at the home opener, we did not have a pool party. I'm not playing that sound today because there was no pool party. Uh, that concerned me a little bit. I'm, I'm curious to ask you two, um, is this, is this the, the real Jordan pool we're going to get where some nights he explodes, some nights he was off. Did you see something maybe last night that was an anomaly of, of hopefully a very bright future for him? What are your thoughts on game two Jordan pool? Well, let's hear from, I'm going to hear from, from Mark. He's our guest. So let him give his, <laughs> well, I think, I think this is, um, you know, obviously it was an off night for him. Um, but being he's, he's only 22 years old, he's going to have those nights. So I don't think it's, it's, it's a situation where we have to look at it like, oh, he's not who we thought he was going to be. Like he, he had a great, you know, what, two week run of just, you know, putting up, you know, dang there, all star type type numbers, you know, scoring wise. But you can't expect that from him consistently. He's not Steph Curry, even though he could do Steph Curry type things here and there. He's not Steph Curry. He's still improving. And I, I don't think last night was something to worry about. I just think it's, it's just going to kind of be hit and miss. And that's why when when Clay Thompson comes back, Clay Thompson will be the starter. Yeah, well, here's the thing. You're going to have – I remember my, my, my coach from college, who was my father-in-law, who was a, gr- a really outstanding pro basketball player himself, said, Ricky Sue, in that season, you're going to have eight to ten games where things aren't going well for you offensively. And you have to find a way to be productive when that's not working for you. So in Poole's case, he had a, you know, just a horrible shooting game for him, okay? I mean, that's not a good Four. game. Four for 14, one for six – didn't get to the free throw line, but he only had three rebounds and he had seven turnovers. I mean, that's a horrible game. Okay. It's based in reality. That's a horrible game. So what he needed to do when you're having trouble and you go to the basket more, get fouled, get yourself on the free throw line, go and rebound some more, become productive. I mean, you have this, you can't just be out there doing nothing. If you're a basketball player, I, I say that all the time. Even my young son, son, you're out there, you're still nice training, but you have to be, you have to exert yourself. You have to make your presence known. Don't just be out there. And Jordan's got to learn to do that. He's a young player. He can't get upset about that. So let's chalk that up to one of the 10 games in the season that he's going to have a bad game. But if I'm a Warriors fan looking at it, hey, he has a bad game. You're helping. He's going to be a productive player for you for the whole season. And But you still won. See, having a game like that as a player, you could get over if you didn't, if you win. If they had lost a close game, he's got to take the responsibility and know that, hey, if he, I played any game at all, we win that game. But they right. won. So that takes mm-hmm. that onus off of it. And that makes it so much easier to deal with mentally because guys can get so screwed up mentally that, you know, that they really have a hard time, you know, producing on a, on a consistent basis. So he can't worry about that game. If I were there, talk to him, say, look, don't worry about it. And I'd say the same thing I just said to you guys. Next time, work on this. Get some more rebounds. Play tougher. You know, be weak side defensive help. You know, look to create something. Go to the basket to get fouled. Stop taking the three-point shooter and shots if they're not working for you. You know, do something meaningful. And, and then don't worry about this game. You know, you're going to have a bad game. Hey, hey, listen, say, hey, look, we got away with two things. Steph Curry has a horrible game yesterday. So if Steph Curry can have a bad game, so can you, Jordan. Okay. But we, (laughs) but we won. And you had a bad game and Steph came through and we won. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. But you know, if uh, Charles Barkley after the game, and I love the fact that the the first two warrior games were on NBA on TNT, my all time favorite show period. 
Um, and, and Steph was on with them in, in post game. We'll play that sound at the end of the show today to replay that for you. But Charles Barkley said Steph's one weakness is turnovers. And, and, oh, he had yeah. a hor- and he had a horrible game with that last night. He's had a lot of horrible games. You mentioned Jordan Poole's seven turnovers. How do you, co- I mean, it's, I can't imagine coaching Stephen Curry at this point in his career. Cause what are you going to say to the guy, but how do you improve that? How do you, how do you take that away? So, cause that's how the Clippers got back in the game. That second quarter, they're just giving the ball up all the time. And in your two's opinion, what does Curry and to a lesser extent, Jordan Poole need to do to stop giving that ball over? Well, Steph, you know, he's, he's that guy that I always said he's like a, he's an uncoachable player. <laughs> that that you want on your team yeah. you know you want them on the team and I, I like when you think about the turnovers that he makes it's not they're just really really bad turnovers you you know you think back to that the the finals against uh I think it was the Cavs where he just threw you know the behind the back and oh. clutch moments right out of bounds and it's like why are you throwing a behind the back pass right here you can't take him out the game because he's your best player he's one of the best players ever to play you know but you know, what do you say to him? Because the next, you know, next time down the court, he's doing something crazy, but he's making him play. And it's, it's like when it like when it comes to Jordan, I feel like you just have to say, like, we want you to do, like I said earlier, do some of the things that Steph does, but you're not Steph Curry. You're Jordan Poole. We got like, you know, Steve Curry, he continuously says that he wants Steph to shoot the ball every time. You know, and Jordan is kind of doing that right now. He's shooting the ball. You know, he, he, he has a, he has a green light, but he just got to kind of understand, which I, I think as time goes, he'll, he'll figure it out. But he has to understand that Steph Curry's green light is a little brighter than, than, <laughs> than his is on this team, yeah. and, and, it, and rightfully so. But it's just a it's just a conscious thing. Like, you see LeBron James, he's a guy that, that can – Make a lot of turnovers. So, sorry, I have a, a baby in the background. No, 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 it's okay. I was, it's okay. It's right. <laughs> but uh, LeBron, he'll he'll have games where he make a ton of turnovers, and then he'll come back, and it's like he makes a conscious effort to, you know, maybe I'm not gonna score forty tonight, and it's gonna come down to twenty five, but I'm only gonna have one turnover. You know, I I like to see Steph do that and just kind of, you know, we know you can you can score 30, 40 points, but just come in and say I want to get ten assists and have one to two turnovers and that's it. But, you know, who, who knows what, what we're going to get, you know, every, every night he's doing something, you know, amazing. And, and it, it kind of overshadows the, the turnovers, but the turnovers are definitely a problem. Well, I think his biggest problem with his turnovers and watching him is sometimes he tries to do and make passes in traffic. You, you, when you're in traffic, you don't want to try to make, Chris, there's a whole bunch of arms floating around out there and legs sure. and things. You know, don't make, don't try to make a pass in traffic. The other thing I always try to tell when I was coaching with players and I I always had this in my head, if I throw the ball to my teammate, what the hell is he going to be able to do with it? Some guys make a pass to a teammate. That's not a good pass. I mean, Mm -hmm. especially like sometimes in the post, they'll throw it to a guy. Well, there's two defenders in the post. Don't throw it to him if there's two defenders (laughs) in the post. (laughs) Just make an intelligent decision. And here's the thing. Like Alex Hanna, my, my coach in my first year, and who, who was great, great guy. I loved him. You know, he was, hum, did he, did he, you got him, we need him. How about him? a loaf of bread and a pound of meat and all the mustard you can eat? He'd be saying stuff like that in the sideline. And, uh, and, and slap a little mustard on that hot dog. And then here, when you're playing and passing, don't slap mustard on the hot dog. Okay? I mean, just make it simple, you know? Keep it simple, yeah. stupid. Yeah. I mean, and that's the problem. Players try to make it too difficult. This is not a difficult game. Now, if I were playing today, I, I was telling, I told Cyrus this before I would come I would play point guard if I was back playing today, because I was quick enough to do that. I was quicker than the guards. And they said, Hey, Rick Barry, I was a point forward. I could handle the ball. We well, yeah, have lefty righty crossover. That was it. I would work on my ball handling skills, be able to do all these amazing things. These guys do And All that is drilling. You just go out and you do two ball drills, do stuff and spend time in the, in the gym. And you could learn to be a hell of a ball handler. So I could learn those things. But the thing is, don't make the fancy pass if you can make the simple pass. Right. You don't yeah. have to showboat it. Make 
the simplest path possible to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And if there's a call for it or a need for it and something happens and you could do some of those things, which they do, and I think it's great, hell, do it. I've done it. I mean, I even saw one of myself that was doing an appearance and stuff. And there was a video of me doing it. And I came in and drew it. And I threw a two hand over my head without even looking thing. I mean, because sometimes those are there. You see them and you can make a play like that occasionally. I know but, that exact clip, by the way, Rick. I've seen that clip of you with that with that behind the back pass. It's a beautiful sight. It is. It was two hands over my head just without looking because I saw my guy cut. But that's um, for those guys. It's a simple thing. And I said, the other thing is I'm going to have to call. I'm going to have to call. Uh, call his mother Steph's mother and said look you got to raise the ante because she finds him he has to pay his mother for turnovers so she had a big night last night uh, <laughs> so we got to increase the amount of money that Steph has to pay although I don't know if you'd make it high enough to have I mean I'm just telling I love watching him play I really do I, I mean did you see the one play late in the game when he had the ball and he had the big guy guarding him, I forget who which one it was. Uh, and he just kept toying with him here, there, back step, this thing. And he eventually went right around him and got a freaking layup. And yeah. but here's my thing, team defensive-wise, you see mm -hmm. that happening. You're playing on the weak side. How do you not drop in and help? Right. <laughs> I know your guy's in freaking trouble. He's trying to guard Steph Curry. Shit. I mean, he's got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff like that when i watch the games i'm going sometimes i go what the hell are you guys watching what are you guys talking about how do you allow steph curry to do that if you're the clippers That's i crazy. mean it wasn't like it was a quick play and she yeah. had the ball for like 12 <laughs> seconds dribbling in dribbling out dribbling here was on the left side wound up getting a layup on the freaking right side and nobody came to help their teammate Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all the time. I think they turn into like they're on the court and they turn into a fan like or a spectator like us. Yeah. It's like it looks like Steph is toying with the defender for like two minutes. It's like how yeah. long is on how much time is on the shot clock? But he's just <laughs> dribble, dribble, dribble. Nobody's coming. It's really one on one. He did it to uh he did it to uh ah man, who was that in the, against the Lakers? He did the same thing to them. It was just in and out, in and out. So the basket layup. Well, the Laker game was funny in that that one play where you saw Anthony Davis and LeBron yelling at Carmelo, "Go up, yeah. go up!" Because <laughs> Carmelo just sat there and watched him shoot an open three. It was it was, and I was like, "Welcome to the Carmelo party." He plays offense, but defense is a whole other game. You know, I honestly feel like the Clippers were are a better team than the Lakers right now. I mean, they're they're a long, younger, more athletic team. They they gave the the Warriors more trouble. Um, by the way, Rick, did you see that picture I sent you of the shirt? I, 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 probably, so, I think it, I think it's I think it's uh, Baron Davis. That's what I was wondering too. But it does not. It just does not. Well, look, look, the, drawings, the drawings aren't the greatest in the world. I mean, you, know. <laughs> you look good in there. They they, they made you look okay. good. That's okay. I mean, you know, it's not a great example of wilt. It's not super of wilt. I don't think it's right. super. Of, I mean, probably clay looks about the most. Al. But anyway, yeah, I, I would of the people there. It's Baron. It's Baron Davis. It has to be Baron Davis. Yeah, that's what I was figuring too for the we believe team. Somebody else that would. Uh, that even comes close to even looking like that. That's you know, funny. I want to I want to play uh, some sound real quick here because speaking to Clay Thompson, he posted something on his Instagram page, and it wasn't a story; it was an actual like 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 picture uh, of him writing writing some context, saying that he felt he was deserving of the NBA seventy fifth team. Um, and was I want to play this. Say that again. Sorry. Who said they were deserving? Clay Thompson. Oh, okay. And uh, and, he, and he wrote this post saying, and then so Steve Kerr after the game was asked um, uh, about his thoughts on the NBA 75 team. And I want to lead into another question with this too, regarding who you think was snubbed and who you think shouldn't have deserved it. Um, but first things first, uh, here is uh, Steve Kerr. Um, Clay and Draymond weren't on it. Clay's already kind of disagreed with it. Um, I'm sure Draymond probably will tonight right there. Um, what do you, uh, do, what do you, do you think about that at all? Or just like where those guys stand in history? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just looking at the list, um, and then thinking about the history of the NBA, how do you, how do you differentiate? Um, you know, it's, it seems like, I mean, I, I looked at, it, it seems like there's sort of, you know, 50 or 60 guys who are kind of automatic. And then, then you're just, um, you just just pick one, and you can't go wrong, or you or you can't be right, depending on how you look at it. Um, I definitely think both guys are um, top seventy-five, just based on 
uh, on winning and two-way basketball and um, everything that that really matters um, that matters more than statistics and you know anything related to to numbers um, what matters is uh, if you're if you're if you're winning championships then that's that's what counts and so I would have I would have hoped and thought that both guys would be on there yeah, I'd love your thoughts because, uh, and, and we can get into this more, but um, I, I do believe at least Clay Thompson is worthy of being on that list. Um, Draymond is a, is a whole other issue. I say yes just because Dennis Rodman was invited, but uh, your thoughts? I mean, do Clay Thompson and or Draymond Green deserve to be part of uh, that exclusive NBA 75 team? Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think, uh, like, I agree with you, Cyrus. I think Clay Thompson, uh, I think he should get in there. I'm not saying now I'm not going to go out on, on a limb and say that clay is a, you know, just unanimous unanimously should be there. Cause obviously people didn't vote for him for, for him to be in it. But if I had to think of, you know, my top 75, I think he's in there. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was funny about, you know, uh, what Steve said about, you know, making the, making the case for, or, it wasn't even, in my opinion, it wasn't him making a case for, for Clay and Dre. It was more of, you know, giving a reason of why I would put them in there. Instead of saying, you know, no, nah, I think, you know, both guys, you know, deservingly should be there. It was like, when you add this, and I think when you have to do that, you have to start saying, um, you you bring in team accolades or, or you know, winning and, and, and things like that when you, when you compare who's better. I think you're kind of saying that the guys on the list are better, you know, and I, I, I think Clay gets in there if I, if I'm doing it, but um, you know, it's tough. It's all, it's always going to be some guys that's, that's, that's on and some guys that's off and you know, the, the list is never going to be a hundred percent accurate, you know, and I, I think it's super cool. Once again, that, that I'm on this podcast talking to one of the members who's going to give his opinion, who matters the most, Rick Barry. <laughs> oh, Mark, can you imagine my excitement doing this every time? Like, I, oh, man. Rick, man, thank you, sir. Yeah, Rick, you all are right. a member of this team. What are your thoughts, please? Well, first of all, I think as they've done on numerous things, they missed the boat on how they wanted to go about making these selections. First of all, they should be picked by errors. The game has changed. You, you, I mean, to say, you know, I mean, George Mikan couldn't even play against some of these guys. I mean, seriously, I mean, he was a great player in his time and, you know, certainly deserving of being recognized as one of the great players of his era, mm-hmm. of his mm-hmm. era. And so I think they, they missed the boat on that. And that, that creates a lot of issues and problems. The other thing is, is that it's a subjective thing anyway. And who are the people who are voting? You know, how old are they? Did they really get to see Will Chamberlain play? I mean, anybody... Who, I've seen all of them. This is why I'll stick them. You know, and, and there's a lot of great centers out there. You know, you can go Kareem and you can talk about Olajuwon and you can talk about so many different guys. Sha- Shaquille, Russell, Bill Russell. But there is nobody that was a better center when the skills required to play the center position than freaking Will Chamberlain. Nobody dominated the game like he did during his time. Bill Russell had the most impact on a team winning. I would disagree with Steve when he says it gets into winning. No, winning has nothing to do with you as how great a player you are. Mm -hmm. It has to do with being lucky enough to have great freaking teammates because you don't win by yourself. Okay, I mean, that's the reality of it. And, and I think they missed the boat on that and they give too much credit and people start giving to, oh, he had six championships. Well, yeah, well, he was lucky. You know, what would he have done? Was he, was he on a team that shouldn't have won and won because of him? No, he was on a team that had other great players on it. And he, so he gets extra points for that? That's bullshit. Right. <laughs> right. bullshit. I mean, so that's, you know, that's my feeling on that. The other thing that my wife and I talked about it, I don't think that a guy who's just only played a, f- a little bit in the league for a few years makes a team and proves that yep. he's there. I think it's longevity. I think it's yep. guys who have played for an extended period of time in the league at an extremely high level. And you can take away some of the things like, I, for instance, in my, I want to play, my stats were so skewed because of my two years in Houston, because I was willing to accept a subservient role. Okay, so if you were to take the two years at Houston out and look at my stats and everything, they would be far more dramatic. Okay, mm-hmm. but I didn't care about my stats. I mean, like I said, I've learned about things that I've done that I had no idea that I did because we never paid any attention. I just played to win. 
That's all it was about. It wasn't about stats. I was willing to take that role on the Rockets and do that because it was the most talented team I've ever played on and probably one of the most disappointing things because we didn't do better than we should have done uh, when I played there for those two years. And it's the same way for other players. I mean, you look at Artis Gilmore. The fact that Artis Gilmore wasn't on there. I mean, I looked at a list of people had the list of the top 20 centers and Artis Gilmore was like ranked 17th. Are they out of their freaking mind? They have no idea. How good <laughs> you want answers? Yeah. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Yeah, and I'm given the truth that people can't handle that because I am telling you, Artis <laughs> Gilmore was a beast. Yes, he was. I mean, a beast. I had never played against a guy that was blocking guys jumpers from the baseline. <laughs> No, no, I'm dead serious. When he was young and first played for the Turtles, he was coming out and blocking guys' jumpers, and they were legitimate blocking. What happened, the officials had never seen, well, shit, it has to be goaltending. Nobody could block a shot from me, right? And so he got called for a lot of goaltending. He backed off of doing that. He was unbelievable. He said, he shot 60% from the freaking field. 60%. Yeah. And I don't care where he's shooting from, 60% is crazy when you got guys guarding you. And he played against some of the really great centers. So for Artis Gilmore to not be one of the top 75 players, but see, if you picked from decades, he would definitely be in there. Right. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that I think is a little disappointing. And, you know, guys that haven't played like, okay, Giannis is, you know, hell of an athlete, hell of a player and stuff, but he's in the top 75. He's only played a few years. Yeah. Is he going to be that good for how long is he going to be that good? Is he going to continue to improve? Is he going to play at that level for an extended period of time? Mm -hmm. you know, those are all questions that, you know, will be answered down the road. And, and as you go down the road a little bit, well, then he can be included. And obviously if you play during the decade of say of 2000 to 2025, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. He'll be in there because he's going to play right. a few more years to do it. And he could be in that decade. I mean, in that 25 year period, but I, I just think that, they, they missed the boat a little bit on doing it yeah. because you can't compare the way the game is played today. Like I say, today, any player who's a wing player who can't shoot in the thirties, certainly like, you know, at least 30 or more, you have no business being on a basketball team's roster. I mean, you're yeah. a fucking liable. I don't give a shit how good your defense is. <laughs> I mean, if you can't shoot the damn ball as a wing player, what the hell value are you to my basketball team? I mean, seriously. That's well, here's a, the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Go, Mark. No, no, that, I was just agreeing. And uh, Rick, I, I know you're a Hall of Famer and and, and in top seventy five. But did you do? Have you done some preaching? Because that, that's what it sounds like you're doing right now. Well, here's the thing: is I have I, Mark. I have. I'm passionate about basketball. And I just did a talk for, for employees up at the Mohegan Sun talking to them. And one of the things I talk about are the qualities and characteristics that I think are important to have. And I try to tell this to young kids. Passion is so important. Find something you have a passion and a love for. Learn as much about it as you possibly can so that you are so fundamentally sound in the skills required to be successful in that profession, whether it's music, whether it's science, whether it's sports. That's the foundation. You can't, I tell people, you cannot build a tall building on a small foundation. It will topple over. It's impossible. But if you understand it and you have this great God-given talent ability and you continually are looking to get better and improve, you will have a chance to maximize your potential in whatever that endeavor happens to be. And unfortunately, a lot of kids are shortchanged. I, Mark, I had a kid... That, <laughs> play for me in the minor leagues. That was Michael Jordan-esque. He was about Michael's size, but bigger and stronger. Mm -hmm. Think of this. I mean, bigger body and stronger, but just as athletic. Never was taught how to play the game the right way. It was, it was, and had the greatest attitude ever at practice first, wanted to stay longer. I couldn't even play him on my, that team because he didn't know how to use the talent that he had the most mm -hmm. effective manner possible it broke mm -hmm. Clifford and Ray's in my heart I mean I've saw that so often in the minor leagues and so that's what the critical thing we have to do here is we have to do better with our teaching the AAU has got to change their philosophy it's got to be look at we're going to be about teaching the game not yeah. by taking these great athletes go out there jump jump higher run faster and use your athleticism to win no here's how you play the game Mm -hmm. Here's how you use the great talent that you've been given by God. Now you're going to have a chance to fully maximize it. You know, as well as I, there are guys who made it into the NBA on sheer athleticism. They're never going to be as good as they should be because they don't know how to play the game and utilize that talent properly. Yeah, so Kenny, Smith, Kenny Smith was saying on a, on NBA on, T, uh, NBA on TNT last night, how a team he was coaching in New York, the kids didn't even understand what being in the post meant. 
They weren't teaching kids how to play in the post. That was shocking to me. That to me is why they took of, the center. Why the NBA took the center off the All-Star I know, Ballot. but they shouldn't, but they shouldn't. Yeah. And, and, and at a fundamental <laughs> level, that remains one of the most important skills to learn for scoring, for passing, for running an offense. I, I, that was shocking to me because I, I was always little playing basketball, but I, I learned how to play the post at a young age. And even though it was small, it was so advantageous for me to constantly be one of the leading scorers on my teams um, just because you can facilitate an offense from there. It's, it's, it's where the, I, I don't know. That was crazy to me. Um, here are some well, names, me, by the well, way. Let me go, go ahead, you, you know, let me, uh, that point. I'm going to just pick up on what you said. Cause I actually do listen to you when you talk. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> actually. <that's... laughs> yeah. No, the thing is, here's the thing. Why is it that everybody believes that you have to have a big man be the post. Mm -hmm. I used to post my six foot two and six foot three guards up because they were a, they were a monster in the post and they could just kill people. Plus the Mm -hmm. fact you got somebody who's a pastor who's probably maybe a better passer than the big guy is. And like I said, you know, I always tell the story. I told Baron Davis when I was on a cruise one time, I said, Baron, if I was coaching you, I would have posted you up all day long. All day long. <laughs> you were big, you were strong, you could kill people in the post. They're going to have to double you. And now I have you and you're my point guard passing it out. I mean, seriously, why do you have to have a big guy? The great thing is, is have a big guy who can shoot the 18 footer from inside the, the, the key area and, mm-hmm. and he can shoot that shot or the mid range. Now they have to guard him. So now it's got the right to throw it down. And now you got your guard posting up. Why would you not do that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I'm serious. I, I'm, it, I agree. It, it, here, I loved offense. In fact, even Clifford Ray, he loved I, but I, what I realized is, is that the players don't know how to really understand the game as well. I, I had a lot of offensive stuff I would, would have liked to have run if I had the right personnel. And I think that's one mm-hmm. of the things that some coaches don't do is they force team players to play the way they want the game played instead of letting them play the way that they're capable of playing and utilizing their tills, skills and talents in the most way possible. I was equated to doing something. You don't take a thoroughbred racehorse and ask him to pull a plow. <laughs> right. Okay. Right, yes. And a lot yeah. of coaches do that with players. I mean, they really, yeah. really do. And you can go down the years. My favorite story I tell all the time is about my guy that I said finally got out of where he needed to get out of when he was playing with Dallas because he had Dick Mata down there who had his his way, his little style of playing. Right? Yeah. Nice <laughs> no, but I'm saying, but he had his style. He played a system. That's the way he wanted him. And this is a guy that didn't fit in it. And all of a sudden, it wasn't like he got traded and all of a sudden he learned how to play. He led the league in three-point shooting. He became an all-star player, and that's Dale Ellis. But that's mm-hmm. not – Dick Mata didn't want that kind of guy. He wasn't the three-point shooter shot and whatever. And so Dale Ellis just languished there doing nothing and to uh, becomes an all-star player, lead the league in three-point shooting. I mean, it's just a matter – use your personnel the right way. I mean, Mike Dunley be my teammate at the Rockets. <laughs> Yeah. We're getting these out of the way. This is kind of our fun stuff. And this is the kind of stuff that does drive me crazy to see guys so mishandled use. Hey, my son, Brent, never was really totally utilized the skills and stuff that yeah. he had. And you you do what you have to do, regardless of what it is and where you're playing. My son, Canyon, it's the same way. I mean, I, I just go crazy when I watch this stuff. It really does drive me nuts to watch these guys having to play the game the way the coach wants you to play it instead of letting them play the game, the way they're capable of playing it. It's more fun for the player. It's more fun to watch when guys are getting to do the things that they can do. Anyway, that's uh, I'll get that off my no, chest. You're, you're providing <laughs> incredible insights when it comes to basketball. And I totally agree with you. I've, I've always valued the post for some reasons from an early age, regardless of size. Um, by the way, here is uh, here are some players. I want to list a couple of players that made it to the, 75th anniversary team. And, and again, technically there were 76 players and the NBA said it was because of a tie. Rick, did you get a vote by the way? <laughs> uh, I was asked to send something in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I was just curious about that. Okay. So here are the players that to me are, are suspect that made the team. And, and this is where an artist Gilmore, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Rick, that he should be on the team. And I also think Alex English should be on the team. I, I think that's a disappointing snub. I don't know if Carmelo Anthony and Damian Lillard belong. And that's where I think Artis Gilmore and Alex English should be in instead. I also, I guess Anthony Davis did, did win the championship, but it, that goes to your point, Rick, about he's still young and what's going to happen. Too early. Yeah. Too early, yeah. But, but Carmelo Anthony, I mean, look, the man was clearly a legitimate scorer, but he never played defense and he had no postseason success. And despite this being a team game, I mean, individually, he just did not step up in the postseason 
really ever from my memory. And then I don't know. What are your thoughts on on that? That's my pick on who maybe should not have been included. Uh, everyone else, to me at least, seems pretty worthy. But uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm I'm not gonna take anybody off of the list, but uh, somebody that I that I think should be on there, especially when I look at some of the names and somebody I would put uh, before I would put Carmelo on is uh, Tracy McGrady. Um, I think, yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously injuries and stuff, you know, hurt, hurt his uh, long-term career, but the, what he had about eight or nine years where he was just, he was just, he was special, you know, he was special. It was for a while. It was really, it was Kobe Bryant and Tracy McGrady. And he was like right there with who's the best wing in the league or whatever. And he's somebody that I thought would have made it. And, um, I think he, I think he should, but yeah, I'm not going to take anybody off, but that, that's one player. <laughs> like when that was the first name and I could be a little biased. I'm a, I'm a big T-Mac fan, but I, outside of that, I believe he, he should have been on that list. Rick, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, there's, you could, you could argue ad infinitum about this. I mean, there's, there's so many guys that are such good players doing it. It's just, I, <laughs> Because I don't want to disparage them. They're all great players. I have great respect for all of them doing right. it. But I'm just looking at stuff and looking at different things. So, and I and I love them. He was great as defensive player. But how in the world is Dikembe Mutombo listed? This is as far as listing the top 25 for some people. These lists they come up with listed ahead of Artis Gilmore. Is Dikembe on the team? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. Oh. I'm talking about a top 25 on centers that people were rating the top 25s on centers. Oh, they had them. <laughs> they had them above on that. And, and, um, yeah, I mean it's like. It's like it's crazy. And to say, well, anyway, I, I just look at this stuff and I say statistics are one thing. How you play the game and do it is another one. But when you look at rebounding statistics and stuff here, I mean, come on. I mean, Will Chamberlain averaged almost 23 rebounds a game. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Russell was 22 and a half. And they're raving about right. somebody who averaged 12 rebounds a game. <laughs> and, they didn't, and they didn't keep – like my, my teammate, Nate Thurman, I mean, unbelievable. They got Nate Thurman ranked as the 18th best setter of all time i mean you have to i mean no he's ranked actually it's worse than that where is nate nate is uh well he made no, the 75 nate, team which is a relief but yeah yeah go ahead no, no nate was nate was uh, they rated him the centers as a 23rd setter the 23rd i mean it's just if you just stats alone i mean he averaged 15 points a game and 15 rebounds and you know and like three assists as well but the thing is all the shots that he changed and then they didn't really keep block shots early on i mean wilt and russell and, and nate what they would have done in those days would have been just you know phenomenal stuff so i i just have a real problem when you get down to these kinds of things and yeah. and the other thing is is then you start listing them well he's one two three four he's there he's there right the you can rate him that way is take each position and then you can have a definitive discussion about it and see who you think is the best. Who's the best point guard? Who's the best two guard? Who's the best? Michael Jordan isn't a greater basketball player than Will Chamberlain. Okay. And yet people will say he's the greatest of all time, the, you know, the goat. Well, as I told people, the goat, when I played was the guy that screwed up. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. The change being a, you know, being a piece of crap to turning into the greatest of all time. I mean, it's an acronym. It's an acronym, but yeah, yeah I, I, know, I, <laughs> I love it. Well, here, look, look, here's my thing for the reason to me, the biggest reason why clay and, and or Draymond is worthy is, and Rick, you've said this repeatedly. I agree with you. The Warriors had the greatest five-year run in the history of this great game. But that doesn't mean it makes them a better player. <laughs> I, I hear you. Team. I hear you. But 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 you, you have a, you have a collective team that had the greatest five-year run in the history of the game, and only one player is is on the NBA seventy-five from that group. Like well, maybe, maybe two not if you count I, Durant. I, I'm not saying they're not deserving to be on there. I'm not making that point. I'm just yeah. saying no. No. The point is don't give extra credit to guys who were lucky enough to be on really great teams with other great players and won yeah. championships. That doesn't mean that you be a better player because it means you were a luckier player. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But as you say, but as you say, Rick, luck is, is not just random either, right? It, it comes from hard work and, and hard work brings opportunity. Um, by the way, Mark, uh, I have two questions for you. One, who makes the amazing artwork at Clutch Points? I don't know how you turn around oh, that man. artwork so fast. And two, <laughs> talk about your um your series. I don't know if it's just YouTube or if it's a podcast also. 
where you interview um, athletes, current and former, and talk about their first years, their rookie years. Like, tell us about that series and and uh, and how does cl- yeah, Clutch Points amazing graphics. Yeah, I, man, it's it's still it's still a mystery to me. Like, we have a a large <laughs> team of like graphic designers. Like, I see like I feel like I see like a different name every single time I like, like all I have to do is submit what I want. And then in what, in minutes, like whatever I just, you know, decide I want Steph Curry, you know, shooting over the Eiffel tower or, you know, whatever the case may be, they get it, they get it up really fast. And, um, you know, they have, I know they have multiple partnerships with different graphic designers and stuff that, that do an amazing job and they're quick and, you know, it's fun. We get to have a, have a lot of fun with that. And uh, yeah, year one is a, it's it's just a YouTube series, so it's on a Clutch Points YouTube channel. And yeah, I basically um, just came up with the concept of uh, like with my with my regular podcast, I used to start talking with people about when they start, you know, when they when when they first join the league. I, I asked them about their you know their NBA draft night and things like that, and I realized I started getting like you know really good stories. And like most people. You know, your first year of anything is an exciting and interesting year, you know, because you're learning, you're, you're, you're probably learning from somebody you don't need to be learning from. It's, it's just all kind of things, you know, and a lot of guys like these guys, they make a lot of money and they make, you know, bad purchases and, you know, all that type of stuff. So I just wanted I wanted to create like a little fun, you know, quick show. It usually runs about 15. I think 20 minutes might be the longest um, and just get that background and, and and see what see what digging I can do from back in the day when you know see if they if if people are more open to talk about it now as opposed to you know right, when it's right. when it's happening right then nobody wants to talk about it but it, it's fun and uh, I've done I've interviewed this season I've done uh, Miles Turner, um, Jayshon Tate, uh, Aaron Neesmith for for the Celtics. And uh, yeah, ho- hopefully put him on the spot. Hopefully, I can get Rick Barry one day. Oh, there we go. <laughs> do they talk about hazing stories? Like, do you ever do? Do you ask him about that? Yeah, yeah, hazing stories. Um, who I'm trying to think who had the best hazing story. They Rick, they they be they they try to cover it up. So I know they're not giving me the juice on that. I think I got one good story. I can't remember it, <laughs> but usually they they try to keep it under wraps. But yeah, that. That that's one of the ones I'm always trying to dig for. Rick, do you mind? Were you like Rick? You had one of the most dominant rookie years I think in NBA history. Uh, were you hazed? Were there was there hazing going on back in the late '60s when the rooks would come in? No, we just had to you know do shitty things like you know <laughs> well with Bill Sharman who was well my rookie year was that was with Alex Adam. No, we didn't we didn't have to do anything. I mean, no, I don't remember any hazing or anything. Okay. I mean, Seriously, I didn't remember. I had hazing when I was stupid, you know, fraternity Kappa Sigma, the crazy yeah. stupid things they used to have you do there. That's what I mean, I'm talking about just insane stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think Rick, you and I, you and I could share some stories about, hey, about yeah, I joined a fraternity uh, too. I know. They did some, the guys they did were some... like a bunch of degenerates, they freaking guys. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Here's the thing in basketball, the second year, the rookies had to do a few things with Bill Sharman because Bill Sharman was the one wanted you to have hot tea and honey or something with a lemon or something before the game or whatever. So they had to carry all this crazy stuff around with us. You see, back in our days, I sometimes when I would talk for just for fun and not talking to give a message to people about, you know, what does it take to be successful, be a leader or whatever, or just let's have some fun talking about it. I compare, I talk people about what the NBA was like when I played and what the NBA is like today. And people start laughing. I say, Hey, I'm telling you, this is, I'm not making this up to have laughter. I said, I'm telling you the truth. I said, and it is, that's actually kind of what it makes me cry. The difference between the two things as to what these guys have a different after a game, I always tell people, I said, now just the names of the of the arenas, right? The Palace at Auburn Hills. Yeah. We played in the Cow Palace. Okay. <laughs> the name alone kind of gives you the idea, you know, the Palace at Auburn Hills as opposed to the Cow Palace. Okay. And so the quality of the rooms in which I, I said, look, when I went in and played in the arenas we played in, we were hoping, first of all, that they had hot water. Oh, we were hoping we were hoping they had soap 
Oh, are you serious? Oh man! And we were you hoping that we didn't so- get foot, we didn't get a foot fungus in the in the oh shower. Oh my god! And and then we'd go in and we and you'd, I would wash I would wash my uniform. I'd wash it, wring it out, go back. I wouldn't get that much sleep because we had to be up to catch a commercial flight at the earliest first flight the next oh. day. We had a game the next day. Wow. And then go back to the hotel, try to get there, see if you did something or hair blower, hoping that your freaking uniform would dry out for the next game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. These guys, they never touch anything. Yeah. Right? No. It's all done for them. All done, clean, washed, dry cleaned, whatever. <laughs> laid there, laid out for them. Yeah, I mean, please. I mean, the stories that when I coached in the minor leagues, the difference and stuff. I had to go out with them. We had to go buy tape because they didn't have a trainer at the other team. I was taping freaking ankles. At the <laughs> I mean, the stories and stuff that went on, people have no clue because everybody thinks, oh, Rick Barry, NBA. Yeah, so they think I'm a freaking multimillionaire. I never heard the word million dollars in my contract. Oh, I know, you got robbed, man. I, 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 we well, talked about this. If you're playing today, paid, you'd be. Well, the lowest paid, guy, lowest paid guy in the league last year made twice as much money as I made in my best year that I ever had, and he never plays. Oh, that's rough. Uh, that's crazy. Never Mark, could you, Mark, if Rick played today, he'd be a billionaire yeah. potentially like I'd be, yeah. if, you inv- if you just invested right you'd be a billionaire i, I mean no, no, here's the thing here's what oh. I, I was playing today i would kill social i understand marketing i, mm-hmm. I can't believe guys are doing more i would crush social social media oh. crush it because i would do stuff i'd be out there doing stuff and i would affiliate myself with nothing but high quality companies with incredible services and products and with having multi-millions of followers doing stuff, and you just say, hey, you ought to go try this, put this in there, you'll yep. get a little discount, whatever, and do it. Just tweet that out. I would make more money off the court than yep. I'd be playing. Yep. And, and I feel like Clay Clay understands this better than most. I mean, he's still single, right? He's just living the life. There's no rush, right? I mean, he's yeah. just, he takes full advantage of it. Oh, Rick, I do. I, I, I sympathize with you, man, when I see all these – stories of athletes complaining about you know he's making 35 million dollars a year and ben simmons is like uh i'm offended because they talked about trading me or like they my coach criticized me one time i have you 35 million dollars a year it's it's insane it is <laughs> hey, absolutely insane. I, t- I said the other day we i didn't get this out there ben here's the deal get a hold of my son scooter take some of your millions of dollars and go buy the technology for the shooting sleeve that my son had had i will guarantee you that if you do that you will become a better shooter. You will then own a company that can go and do all kinds of different things, teaching other different modalities as far as different sports, throwing a football, kicking a, kicking a football, being able to you know throw a pitch as a pitcher so you don't get Tommy John surgery because you got the right thing. This is the greatest teaching tool ever. It's great for the rehab world and everything. And you will make more money owning that company. And I'm serious. With the technology that it has and the potential that it has, aside from making you into turning you into a really much better and really good shooter and changing your game and your history in the game of basketball, because with 35 million, you can buy this thing for, for hardly anything at all. It would be the smartest thing he could ever do. And he would change his life to Matt, just totally change his life. Oh. He'll, be, he'll be, he'll be the poster boy of his own company. Hey, my son, <laughs> my son in three and three lessons took DeAndre Jordan, had DeAndre Jordan changed his shot and had him shooting over 75%. He lost yeah. before he's going to the Olympics and doing stuff. The coaches didn't follow up on it. He did the same thing for Dwight Howard. He's changed him. Andre DeAndre Drummond. Andre Drummond. Uh, I mean, he had him changing. I mean, this is the greatest teaching tool. Mark, you mean it's the greatest teaching tool I've ever seen. Nothing has ever come out in the marketplace that even can come close to this. It would dramatically change sports and how kids can learn. And I've been trying to go ahead and try to do something with Steph. If Steph did this and you did the Steph Curry shooting sleeve, obviously a kid could learn because if you program Steph's shot into the sleeve and a kid went out to shoot and he kept shooting and shooting, the sleeve is going to tell him what he's doing right, wrong, and all from Steph. And he could actually totally learn Steph Curry's shooting form. He could learn to shoot the ball, wow. you know, with his shooting form. Now, whether or not he has the other skills and all to get to that level, but he's sure as hell going to become a better shooter. I'm guarantee you using Steph's shooting <laughs> form. And, and you know, but anyway, I, Steph's got so many things going on. I just don't understand. I don't understand why Under Armour wouldn't have done it because they could have done that for him. They could take mm-hmm. Jordan Spieth and do it for golf. They could take some of the great players they have on their contract and put out a, uh, put out a device that would – 
change the lives of so many kids as far as making them better in the sport that they're playing. That's how mm. good this is. It's crazy. Amazing. I had the money. I'd buy the damn company myself and buy the, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot those three zeros on my contract. Oh man. Mark, before we let you go, by the way, and you can follow Mark Haynes on, uh, on Twitter at Mark Haynes NBA. You got to apply for that blue check mark, man. It's, it's your time. You're ready for it. Uh, I'm surprised you don't yeah, have that they yet. Keep, they, keep, they keep all denying me. <laughs> that's, that's, well, hopefully, I mean, you're doing, you're doing so much work. If you follow Mark on Twitter, I mean, you're at the practices, you're at the games, you're, you're providing legitimate insights. Um, anything else you want to promote? I mean, we've had you for an hour. I, I, could, we, I feel like we can talk all day, but we all got lives. Um, yeah, anything you want to promote before, before we uh, let you go? Well, yeah, man. First, I want to thank both of you guys for having me on, man. I, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully, you guys bring me on again. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, no, like you said, uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. They're both Mark Haynes NBA. Um, I just started a Warriors podcast uh, with Clutch Points, Warriors Multiverse podcast. Um, and yeah, that's like just follow me, stay tuned to, to the things that I'm doing. And, uh, you know, once again, thank you guys. I appreciate it. No, we appreciate you taking the time to join us, but I had to get one more thing off my chest. What the hell? was the deal with the freaking red letters for Warriors uniform. What? You didn't like that, Rick? You didn't like that? No. Wasn't no. that the Philly uniform? Isn't that why? The, I thought Thank they you. did that. Warriors colors, the Warriors colors. What? Was, I mean, come on. Then they had still had the, the gold or something up up here. And with what? It's a tribute to what back when they were. Who cares what they were in Philadelphia? <laughs> I'm looking at that. I'm going at that. I just, I had a hard time accepting red on a Golden State Warrior uniform. Oh my God. I love it. Turn it to communist or what? Oh, we're doing this twice. We're doing this twice. Yeah. Drives me crazy. Oh, that's the first two timer we've ever had. That's, that's incredible, Rick. I know. I'm saying, I'm serious. I looked at it. It was like one of those things where I did a double take. I'm looking. But there's something what I said, what red numbers and what is that? <laughs> You're not alone. I had people texting well, I, me this I, morning well, complaining about that. Well, when I first did it and looked at it, everything forgetting that and they're playing at home. I says that's the clippers. The clippers have red. Yeah, that, was weird. that was weird. It, yeah. It looked like the um, you know, the the Cleveland Cavaliers have one like that, where it's blue, red, and yellow. Yeah. It looks just like that. It's crazy. I I just that was weird. But I'm just hey, I'm <laughs> thankful. That despite the, you know, that the way hey, the Warriors won two games against two, you know, teams that are good, expected to be very good teams for the season. And listen, you take them anytime you can get them. I mean, a, a, win, a win here means just as much now, you know, for the end of the season, because maybe a, a loss down there isn't going to hurt you because you won some early. You're yep. damn right. You're so, damn right. This is, uh, I mean, they're. Dub Nation, you have a reason to be excited. And, and again, follow Mark Haynes. It's Mark Haynes NBA on Twitter and Instagram. You choose Instagram. A presence blows me away rick i'm still waiting for your follow it's only been like i don't know 20 years what? Uh, on instagram you don't follow me there man my handle is at dog you're Wild. not there i'll do that right now i'm gonna thank go you sir that's right that now. is so nice of you mark i'll find you on instagram as well I, yeah you two are i have like thousands of followers on there i'm such a i'm such a meager presence twitter is my game but um yeah follow mark Haynes on either of those platforms mark we'll definitely do this again soon man thank you so much thank you thank you Thanks, sir. Take care. All the best. Hope to meet you in person if I'm at a game sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be there soon for sure. Uh, we'll meet you hey, sir, Congratulations yeah. on the on the on the baby and all. Enjoy. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you very much. Little boy thank or girl? Boy or girl? Girl. I got I got a seven year old boy and then I got a four month girl. Congratulations. Yeah, That'll be good. That's, 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 that's fun. That's a whole different experience when you got a girl. <laughs> I don't. No one realizes this. Everyone think Ricky. You just have like this army of of NBA boys, but you do have a daughter as well, right? <laughs> yeah, my daughter Shannon. Yeah, but daughters yeah. are you know totally different than the boys. I mean, there's that's just something. There's something about it. I mean, it's, it's built in. The girls are just different than boys. That's for sure. <laughs> like my yeah. father said. My father said, "Son, when you have a son, you only have to worry about one zipper in town." that's why i told that's why i told chris townsend when he was on because he has twin daughters who are almost 16 i'm like do you own a gun yet i mean you don't have to use the gun they just they just have to know you own it they just have to be aware that you are an armed individual that's what i would say but thanks again thanks mark take care thank you y'all have a good one we'll talk man 
All right, and everybody, thanks again for joining us. Uh, always a well, pleasure. Before we go, before we go, uh, of course, mention all your. I mean, um, Rick, you got some products you're endorsing: medicinal well, yeah, yeah, ghost sleeves. Yeah, ghostsleeves.com. Ghostsleeves.com. Code is RB small RB twenty four. You get a really nice this. You have a great product. Still trying to get Clay to try it, and where I think these things would be really good for him. Not hurt him at all, and just having a hard time trying to even just do something nice for somebody who I respect <laughs> and admire. I mean, yes. I, I, I love Clay. I mean, I love both of those Same. guys. I mean, the, the, the best shooting backcourt in the history of the NBA, without question, nobody even close. Uh, you know, Weston Weston and Goodrich would have been, you know, another one as far as really outstanding shooters are concerned. You can say, you know, Frazier, Monroe, but not like St Stephen Clay are in a whole nother world. I mean, it's just, yeah, the Splash Brothers. Yeah, this you know, the same way you could talk, you could talk about, uh, you know, up in, up in Portland and all, but I mean, you know, Damien and, and his running mate, McCullum, I mean, but no, that's not Stephen Clay. I mean, there's the only one. they really are. So anyway, so RB24 is for ghost sleeves and then Medicileaf, M-E-D-I-C-I-L-E-A-F, Medicileaf.com, code is number 24, incredible cannabinoid products, the best stuff I've ever tried and used. I use it all the time. I just played pickleball this morning. Had my mm. stuff on to get ready to go play and uh, use it. I just use it all the time. And it just, it definitely works. I mean, for me, it works. And I've seen firsthand people just have incredible results trying it. And before you start taking any opioids or other kind of other types of products that you need to, you know, that you can hurt you, hurt your stomach lining, whatever, try, try the cannabinoids, try that first and see how it works for you. But uh, again, 24 is the code medicileaf.com. And go GYV, go GYV.com. That's another amazing one. Biogenesis. I, I got off of a, I got off of taking the prescription drug Celebrex that I haven't taken in years that I had to take for my knee because I have no cartilage and I didn't have the luxury of having only arthroscopic surgery. I had two or my, you know, got cut open and I played with an arthritic knee that was terrible for most of my career. So uh, I know that stuff works really well too. So you can check that out also. So anyway, that's kind of it. Uh, yeah. And before, and back before down to Florida. And let's promote real quick, uh, Rick, Be and people can follow you on all social media platforms at Rick24Barry. They can follow the program on all social media platforms uh, at, at Warriors24Pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at DocSurfRoadShow. And before we go, um, real quick, here's a clip uh, from last night's game. Here's Stephen Curry uh, with Chuck and crew on NBA on TNT. Stephen Curry joins us. Um, and Steph, thank you very much for taking some time with us. Uh, number one, congratulations on, on the news that... Uh, went out before the game tonight, member of that 75th anniversary team. It's pretty special. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, Shaq Chuck, it's pretty pretty dope to be teammates on a, <laughs> on a list like that. And I uh, saw Reggie earlier. So uh, some special names on that list, obviously, history of the league. And um, it's pretty surreal to be a part of that. So uh, especially, you know, I still got some time left on the court. Yeah. Hey, so game one you described as trash. <laughs> uh, how do you best sum up what we saw tonight uh, when you didn't miss in the first quarter and finish with 45? Yeah, I should have clarified. I just shot like trash. I played all right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, tonight was a, uh, another step in the right direction for us as a team. It felt like three different games out there. Uh, obviously, the first quarter that we had, you know, them going on the run, and then the second half was kind of just back and forth the whole time. So, you know, we're, we're growing. We're, we're maturing. Uh, it's obviously two games, but, you know, we, you know, we have a lot of room to grow. Uh, it's nice to, to learn lessons and wins and, you know, just build expectations for who we are as a team. So, um, and obviously it's nice to win on your home court. We haven't you know, had our fans in a very long time. And so uh, there's amazing energy in there and glad we got it done. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, they criticized Will Chamberlain. They said, all you do is score. So he led the league in assists one year. <laughs> so now I'm looking at you. You've accomplished everything, but now – you're in the top 10 in the league and rebounding after two games. <laughs> Is that something you want to put on your resume? You know how, like, Mark Jackson you know, started going into the block later in his career. Maybe I had to take a little bit out of the PG, just start, you know, hiding the paint on defense and grabbing rebounds. And, um, you know, just for me, it's just always just position anticipation. But uh, you got to find ways to just be involved in the action. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll see if I can keep that up, though. Steph, uh, every year we have a discussion slash argument on what an MVP is. You know, some guys like Chuck and Kenny say it's based on the record. I say it's based on individual play. Last year, especially in the second half, I thought you was the MVP. Is it fair to say that you're going for that MVP trophy this year? I mean, I don't know how y'all described it when y'all were playing, but if you're doing what you're supposed to do, 
that's that's obviously the hopefully the result that you're in that conversation. Um, you know, affecting winning. Uh, you know, leading your team on the court, off the court. You know, just trying to find ways to elevate your game. So. I mean that's always a part of uh, the mission. It's it's not so much as the vision and the you know the MVP trophy every time you step foot on the floor, but it's the expectation of how you're supposed to play every night that is MVP type caliber um, expectation. So I always have that, and uh, hope that answers the question. So yes, and but nothing changes from you know the past years. You know, Steph. You know, you, first congratulations on the 75, but also thank you. You know, there's a a um, expectation of championships uh, with you and the team and team there. And now with Clay coming back, there are a couple of guys that could really develop into and help you be, be that. Who are those guys that you're like, man, I'm surprised that he's going to he's doing this now or he needs to do this or we need him to do this. Who are the guys that we know it's Draymond, we know Clay and we know what you're going to do. But before it was the Harrison Barnes of the world that were doing it. Who is that now that's going to be put in that role? I think if you look at our team, um, you know, if you include our lottery picks with, you know, Wiseman, Kaminga and Moody. You know, we have like 12, 13 guys that can, you know, step on the floor and and contribute. Um, you know, especially as the season goes and we we continue to grow. Uh, but if you look at Otto Porter and Jr. and and uh, and Bielisa, those two guys who you know, are on minimum contracts and you know they have an opportunity to come here and impact winning and, and reestablish themselves, you know, you know, in the league. Training camp was awesome for them in our preseason. These first two games, they, they've made their presence felt. So um, that's some veteran experience and presence that we need that we didn't, you know, honestly didn't have last year. So you know, with those two guys, and then hopefully Wiggs takes that next step, um, being a huge part of what we do on both ends of the floor. I'd say those three guys as the veteran presence um, you know, will, will help us get to that championship caliber level. Um, and, you know, we got to stay in the moment and see how the season goes, and, and that's, that's the mission. He's the man who, uh, we like to say, makes it look effortless. Stephen Curry joining us from San Francisco. Thanks for taking some Congratulations. time. We appreciate you. Appreciate it, fellas. All right. All right. Well, listen, that's great. Uh, have a good weekend. I'll, uh, I'll be back in Florida starting on Thursday of next week. Nice. You snowbird you. So Colorado's done, huh? It's getting too cold. It's starting to get, yeah, it's, it's been nice. I mean, it's very nice today. Beautiful day. And fortunately, hopefully we'll get out of here. I just get a double check again because the weather can change very quickly here in Colorado. And it is <laughs> yes, it can. Looking good uh, for me to get out of here before it snows. Yes, beautiful. And have a safe trip to Florida for your for your uh, your winter home. And we'll have another show soon. Rick, it's always a pleasure. And I cannot. I know. Look, you're so you're you're incredibly humble, and I respect that about you. But uh, I hope you celebrated being part of that 75th team. That's an, a, such an honor. Uh, to be a part of a, a fraternity that's even more exclusive than the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just really special. Congratulations, sir. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And all I can tell you is, is that I I never played for individual honors. I mean, that's that's why the only ring I've ever worn doing stuff is my basketball, my Warriors championship ring. Because that's what it's about. I mean, the other stuff is, I mean, yeah, great. And then you'll have the discussions and the people who picked them. I mean, it's subjective. I mean, who were the experts that picked it? I mean, come on. This is a handful of people that the NBA decided, <laughs> well, let's let this guy, this guy, this guy. What the hell does that really mean? You know what I mean? Seriously. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, what does it really, truly mean? I mean, I, 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 I don't have, I would respect an older person who was picking it, who has seen all of these people play, mm-hmm. who's been around the game, especially, especially people who, you know, especially players, you know, especially players, you know, if they don't allow their prejudice to get in, because we do know how that works as <laughs> I, I, 1975. I know how that works. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's no, I okay. love it. I love it, Rick. Thank you, sir. Right. Always we'll look forward to the next one. Right. Go Warriors. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.